Red vs. Blue fans, we are back! The Red vs. Blue After Buzz TV After Show is back. We are looking at Season 15, Episodes 5 through 8, and we will see you after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Well, this season took about five turns that I wasn't expecting, and I am super excited. One that we called... Megan. Yeah. She, yes. So we're taking group credit, but Megan totally called that. Uh, she's currently serving somebody. She should be back soon. Yeah, she's serving someone on the 101. Welcome back to the Red vs. Blue After Buzz TV After Show. We are looking at Season 15, Episodes 5 through 8, previously on Reacts, Nightmare on Planet Evil, which is my favorite title this time around, and A Fistful of Colors. Uh, Megan Salinas will be with us in just a bit. You can follow her on the social medias at The Manguin. I have with me Mark Donica. That's me. I am the internet's Mark B. Donica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. And this... I, I, this the, the chat's going crazy for this season of Red vs. Blue. It's been absolutely amazing so far, and it's wonderful that we get to talk about it with somebody. Yes, yes it is. We have with us our first special guest this season, Joe Nicolosi, the writer and director of this season. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on the, the show, guys. I'm really looking forward to talking uh, about Red vs. Blue, which well, I never get to do. <laughs> so we're never, all, I'm sure. Ju- so, so just so everybody knows, we're just talking about Brick Ultra Chronicles, right? That's the only thing that, <laughs> that's it? You're, you're a little behind. Get back in the TARDIS and join us in the present, okay? No! Okay. Well, and I am Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social media. It's at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have ridiculous jokes, throw them in the hashtag. That is EBTVRVB. Or join us in the YouTube live chat. We are keeping an eye on both of those. So, yeah, say fun things. You may well get a shout out. So let's talk about these episodes. These... I have to start with this, and Megan's going to kill me for starting with this without her, but Deadite Camera. Deadite Camera during Nightmare on Planet Evil. I just about <laughs> lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, that was one uh, idea that I don't want to say like the episode was built around, but that was definitely <laughs> one where I'm like, oh boy, I can't believe I get to do that. And I can't believe I get to make the sound effect for it, too. <laughs> um, how Have there been any... Uh, horror illusions or or any references to horror works that people haven't found yet? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I read a fair amount, if not all, of the comments, and I don't think there are too many, you know, working within, like, Halo 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little bit limited on uh, how I can reference things. Sure. So uh, with Evil Dead, it's easy because that's a big swinging camera move that you can do in Halo 5. But there's a lot of more subtle stuff that I can't do as much with that I would want to otherwise what did you want to fit in for this episode in terms of horror movie references and couldn't? Um, I would have really liked to have had sort of like, uh, I'm a big fan of um, a lot of horror filmmakers, but especially more recently, I really like Ty West's movies. And uh, he has this way of building really eerie and creepy um, uh, scenes and movies by having like very slow moving cameras and dollies and really subtle sound design. And unfortunately, like just like moving the camera with moving characters in Halo 5 is a great big difficult thing to do. So I haven't been able to do that as much. There was definitely more like Ty West in my head when I was working on this originally. Mm-hmm. But that would require more animation than machinimation, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I'm using it a bit sparingly this season, so I don't have a. Uh, I don't have infinity of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, Megan has joined us. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing not coffee, right. but deal with it. Yep, it's not <laughs> coffee, we got you water. Mm-hmm. Good enough. And Joe has been kind enough to join us for this episode. We're talking about horror movies. <gasps> Yay! Oh, <man. laughs> hey, Joe! So do you have any horror-themed questions about Episode 7? Um, did you guys already ask about the Evil Dead cam? Yes. Bet oh, your, your butt we did. I, I led with that because I couldn't not. <laughs> oh, so good. All right, well, Thank you. While we're talking about this episode, let's talk a little about... We called him Rhino last month, and now mm-hmm. he has a name. Spencer Porkinsonson. <laughs> should laugh I, at my own jokes, I'm sorry. I, feel Why, free. Isn't that what the, the company's built on? Like, I don't know. No. Everyone I work with is like, Joe, all you do is laugh at your own jokes. you got to get over it at some point. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. That's yes, what we uh, do on Spencer Porkinsonson. <laughs> I feel like he has too many syllables, and I love it. It's just wonderfully awkward. Um, what was the inspiration behind him? So uh, I sort of felt like I wanted the first four episodes of the season to act uh, like a complete story in a lot of ways. Uh, it's the prologue of the season. And, um, and I wanted it to have all the elements that you would want in a compelling narrative. You know, I wanted new heroes. I wanted a new villain. I wanted, like, tension and suspense and a lot of mystery and a lot of questions being asked. Uh, and so when I was working on it, I'm like, you know what, this, this, this – this drama of the reds and blues and you know are they the real ones or are they not the real ones is definitely engaging me on one level uh there was another level which is i want a big scary looking dude there the whole time as well uh and so figuring out then well who, how does a scary dude play into the story and the theme of the story uh was the next part of that equation and uh although i've been calling him bbh in the script which just stands for badass bounty hunter Uh, The original purpose behind BBH may not be exactly related to the entire story of the season, but it is definitely thematically related to, like, a big idea I'm trying to get across this season, which is, you know, furry character in Red vs. Blue, like, certain actions have consequences. And so he's the the physical representation of Tucker's being a ladies' man and and, (laughs) and always wanting to sleep with every woman in the universe. Like, he is a consequence taken form for Tucker. So he is related more than just being uh, a stupid joke in episode uh, eight, seven, seven. That that temple, though. And I think I need to leave this question to the table because it wanders into spoiler territory. But do y'all think mm-hmm. we'll see him again? Uh, that depends if we're if we're dealing with the idea that, you know, actions have consequences for the Reds and Blues. I'm sure they've all done illegal things that, that would require uh, a, a class action But lawsuit. he works specifically on Chorus. So we would yes. have to go back to Chorus or have Chorus be involved in some major conflict with them in order to see him again. But I, I think we will at some point. I will be very surprised if he does not show up either before the end of the season or depending on how long this arc is before the end of the arc in general. I have a question. I mean, again, the, to the table. And I don't think, obviously, I mean, the story will I mean, feel free to ever... chime in, but we're trying not to put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to say a word. No, I, okay. I will say, it's been a long time since we've had a guest on Skype for one of our after shows, and I, I, I caught myself doing what I used to always do, which is just watching the screen. Yes, I know. <laughs> while, while y'all are discussing Playing a thing going, Flip, oh, <laughs> 
damn it. Just, we can't shake him. Just get some popcorn and be like, well. <laughs> it's always kind of weird looking at somebody who can't see us, too. <laughs> and Taylor Colossus in chat put up what I think was my favorite quote from the episode. Consequences don't always take the form we expect them to. They're f- oh, that was from a previous episode. They're funny like that. Mm-hmm. I think the one that I pulled up for this episode is intention is no matter, only consequence has true form. <laughs> and I love that we frame that with Dylan right behind him as he's saying it. Do you think he has that on a poster, like in his office? I think he has a little book. (laughs) Just this little book of consequence-themed aphorisms that he just carries in his soft storage. I mean, you have to pass the time somehow. (laughs) Spencer's little book of consequences. I don't know. It's got (laughs) illustrations. Something you can pick up at a cash wrap, like, ooh, this looks like fun. Like, put this in somebody's stocking. Exactly. It's by the cash register at the 99-cent store. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Along with individual lint truffles and packs of gum. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Should we head back to the top? Yeah, let's let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about ten months worth of shenanigans <laughs> during previously on. And I'm pretty sure we all have a favorite, Joe. I want to know what yours is to start. Um uh hold on let me uh I think robots fighting dinosaurs is pretty good. <laughs> Um, the meth meth shrooms I've been a big fan of. Caboose um, <laughs> being stuck in the upside down actually continues to make me laugh. Uh, I was looking through my notebook uh, of um, of rejected ideas for that episode, and there was one that made me laugh, which is uh, I wanted to come up with a reason why they're all still wearing their uh, armor and their helmets, even though they're kind of in retirement. And the idea I came up with is that uh, while they were building their base, Caboose got his hands on a nail gun. Oh, no. (laughs) And so everyone, as they're telling the story, would have, like, nails sticking out of their armor. And that's the reason they have to continue wearing it. But having, like, little animated nails in everyone's armor all the time turned out to be, like, way impossible. So I had to cut the joke. But that's my favorite cut joke from that episode. What other jokes were cut? Oh, geez. I don't know. I don't have the list in front of me. Um... Uh, uh, and here I said I wasn't going to put you on the spot. I originally had is that they couldn't get along at first on this planet, uh, and so they decided to like break up and all live in their own part of the planet. So they all had a different continent. Oh no! <laughs> Once a month they would get together for like a giant United Nations, where they would talk about how Sarge has invaded another continent, and then like how like you know basically like a big UN thing. But that became like just a horrible mess of convoluted ideas. So that had to go in the recycling bin for the form it sort of took now. I was wondering how the brainstorming session for for what they were doing in the interim went. Was yes. that refrigerator magnets or was that like what is the weirdest thing that these guys can get into and let's make them do that? Yeah, well, I mean, it was I think a, a couple of people pointed it out in the comments, but they're sort of saying that it kind of felt like, you know, like a whole season within a within an episode, which oh. is absolutely the intent. I wanted to have like a season 11 worth of jokes and shenanigans and plot lines and you just kind of like get it all at once in like a really fast montage because I love when the Reds and Blues get to act like cartoon characters and they have like their little Looney Tune adventures and they hit each other with giant hammers, you know what I mean? (laughs) And like I love all that stuff so much and I didn't really see in the shape, can you hear my cat? Is oh, really yes, we can. can. And he, Special guest. When Megan and cat I, is precious. When Megan and I do our reaction videos, my cat jumps up and talks a lot. So I'm just like, oh, cat. 
Okay, I'm gonna kick her out of the room real quick. Get out of here. No, it's fine. <laughs> we like your cat. It's okay. So, okay, in not, terms, sorry, she's not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> anyway, What's her name? I was talking uh, a lot about how I wanted it to feel like a whole season's worth of jokes, and so I think I just took like three days, and I'm like, let's say this was a season. Let's come up with storylines for every single character. Let's take a thing about that character and turn it up to eleven and write stories about it. So I I did that forever. Uh, days and days, and then I took my favorite ideas and I, I, I wrote them all down in the script. And I thought, well, I'm going to cut some of these, and then actually nothing got cut. In the final <laughs> wow! Cut. So, just what, make it faster. Just make it faster. What's your favorite one of the ones that stayed in? Uh, the Sarge's War on Gravity is definitely my favorite <laughs> uh, visual joke, like the jeep falling off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, uh, that turned out pretty good. Um, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of my favorite things from episodes that have come out are not necessarily the things I've written. It's the things that came out of improv. Yeah. Uh, so when Simmons says, ooh, I want to go visit in the Game of Thrones joke, that was just Gus. Uh, <laughs> and that became my favorite line from, like, that scene. What are your guys' favorites? Carolina trying so hard to be the best at doing nothing. Yes. <laughs> there is no try. The water park. For for the the visual gag of everybody joking in Carolina, yay! And and then the the just like huge zoom on Griff, then donut like the deepest the hatred up for that being lube isn't normally flammable. Oh my god! It was just the park part talk that about, lit on fire. Talk about your favorite line in the season. Just lube isn't normally flammable, and I'm like I don't want to know if it's catching on fire because of friction. It's not doing its job. Um, or is it? No. Mm, mm. There's icy hot and then there's too hot. Uh, don't use icy hot for lube, guys. <laughs> what? Don't. Where did we just go right now? The water park. Let's go back to the water park. We go lots of places. I think, I, you know I have a soft spot for a wash. So part of me is like, his entire plot arc here is growing a beard and I am just tickled pink. <laughs> But I think my favorite is their form of government being malarkey. <laughs> like, wordplay, and also, yep, that, that sounds right. That's completely accurate, dear God. Yeah, first draft of the script, that scene was actually, because uh, it was like right around the election when I wrote it, and that scene oh, was dear. actually about how they accidentally uh, elected an orange pile of vomit to be their president. <laughs> oh. And then the punchline was, oh, but at least you didn't win the popular vote. Uh, but then the malarkey thing was way funnier and not political, so I went with that in the end. <laughs> True. I miss Uncle Joe. Topical. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, this is just mostly shenanigans, and I just adore the living hell out of it. And then we hit the very end, which is partially Jack's not having recorded any of it, because film students... Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tries so hard and this message from church and I wrote down what we got from it this is church from Alpha if you're getting this it's an emergency send help please send help this is doctored as hell y'all I call shenanigans oh absolutely Mark I don't know yet I don't know <laughs> Too early to there's, call, there's some definitely sure. some shenaniganry that I want to talk about when we get further into more episodes, but as of right now, I'm I'm just believing it. 
Oh, I'm, I'm throwing my flag in the ground on that one. Like, that's the hill that I will die on until proven otherwise. Nah. This is fake. This is edited. We watched the meta edit a phone message on the fly. In real there's time. There's no way that someone who might even potentially have a smart or dumb AI helping them, there's no way that someone couldn't put together something very convincing with footage that we've shown can be found on Sidewinder. My, my thing is, again, just kind of going back to the idea that actions have consequences... Church has been killed quite a few times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and constant resurrections. Like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, you get into Marvel territory, or like, and I mean comics, not, not the MCU, where just death has no meaning anymore. I mean, you can put it in yeah. the movies, too. Congratulations, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on being renewed. Yes! No offense. Thank you! No offense. I so know you happy. do that after show, but... We will have words, Mark. One of those Ooh. words being, eh. Ooh. <laughs> but... All right, we need to knock down this pillar of salt and keep going. But, um, but yeah, I'm down. I'm definitely down with the idea that it has been doctored or altered in some way to openly manipulate them. However, my question is, when writing a scene like this where you know fans are going to sit down and speculate endlessly, like, how satisfying slash how much pressure is there when it comes to writing a scene like that? Well, I think there's, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure writing almost every scene in the show because uh, I'm sort of at any minute thinking, go, Jesus, God, don't fuck this up. Don't, don't, don't wreck it. It's the, the ship has been sailing smoothly for 14 years. Don't crash into an iceberg. Um, so, you know, I think every scene I approach is the same sort of thing. Uh, you know, that scene in particular, like I wanted to have a fair amount of weight and it's a hard tone change from all the silly shenanigans stuff to, to, to that scene. So that presents its own challenges in and of itself. And I think that's all I will say about that. (laughs) Definitely don't want to know any spoilers for sure. Yeah. So while we're on it, let's uh, let's wander into episode six. React. Let's let's look at the consequences from the end of episode five, shall we? Jeez. Let's talk about, let's just go right to, let's talk about Griff rage quitting the team. I think it was bound to happen sooner or later. I'm just honestly surprised it took this long. Well, I have a friend who Griff is her favorite character, and she wants to say thank you for showing him some love. Mm. Red team love in general is kind of hard to come by when it comes to plot-heavy stuff. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, Griff is, uh, you know, Griff's my favorite character in the show. I think I can safely say that. And uh, I wanted to give him an immense amount of respect this season. And it's really hard to have a character who has this very specific emotional disposition towards everything that happens and continually gets dragged along in every single adventure. And I wanted to think about that a lot with this season. Because mm-hmm. that, yeah, especially retirement is what Griff wants to do, even if it's the same stuff with the same people. It's like, we have no rules, we have no obligations, we're just gonna, it's fine. And then, hashtag blue team problems. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's hard not to agree with his line of thinking. It's, al- it's always stay dead. But it's always it's it's always been about church. There's never been a thing. Well, well, and except for the first season where it was between like Donut and Caboose, like just trying to fit in. There's never yeah. been like a super red team heavy story. Like this is going to change the world as we know it. Nope. Sarge just reload the shotgun. Let's find another robot. Make yeah. a new Lopez. His daddy issues, his ex-girlfriends, his resurrections. Like, Church has, 
well, Project Freelancer is the reason that all of this happened, but church has been the linchpin of a lot of the focus of Red versus Blue, mm. and yeah, he's died a lot. The various yeah. different versions of him have died a lot. The Jean Grey joke was pretty, pretty dang great, though. Thanks. <laughs> I liked it, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I appreciate a story where it shows that, like, you can... That characters have their limit. And because otherwise it kind of gets it kind of gets dull uh, for for long running series if characters don't grow and change. And when you've been doing the same stuff over and over again, it's kind of refreshing to see a character hit fatigue and just kind of wash their hands of it and be like, I'm done. I'm done for right now, guys. And that's actually ties into a question that I have been asked to ask you. How do you find a way to balance things that people love about the original seasons of Red versus Blue and what we've had before and while allowing while allowing it to grow with the times and with your style? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's a del- it's certainly a delicate balance, you know. I think uh, I wrote a journal right when we started the whole season about sort of my approach with that. Um, and my approach uh, is is, you know, you guys have referenced comic books before and and I really kept thinking about how much I loved Joss Whedon's run on Astonishing X-Men because what he did is he took classic characters and made them feel new and he made new characters and he made them feel awesome. And it was like, I think if you give the characters like your utmost respect and make their decisions real, then, you know, I think people are okay if they do, they're doing things they, they haven't seen them do before. You know, I think if the, if the, if the emotion is genuine and is felt by the audience as well as the character, then that becomes sort of like the guiding staff of of what a character arc can become in a season. And this this line between Griff and Simmons, which we see further in, in episode seven, sort of seems to be an expansion of what we saw in season 14 with them joining Basic. And they, they've always it's always been Griff and Simmons, Simmons and Griff, mm. and they, they're always talking to each other. They always seem very friendly. But their actual friendship, their actual relationship hasn't been like been put under a microglass microglass what am i even saying oh but god it has it's been, been a long consummated. week yes but it has their friendship has been consummated in some butt stuffy way uh in some uh stuff stuffed into a closet way i can't um but re- regardless you're welcome regardless um the the fact that uh you're you're for, in this approach you're making people think about something that has been so just there is is what is one of my favorite things so far because Griffin Simmons are are two of my favorite characters. Yeah, you know, I think that you know, I sort of like um, in thinking about the season as a whole. I tried to think about the things about you know these characters um, that are inconsistent or in conflict with other pieces of their personality. You know what I mean? Like Griff always says he's lazy, but he always goes along. You know, mm-hmm. like Simmons is the nerdy goody two shoes, but he always sometimes slacks off and hangs off with Griff and flakes on his responsibility. And it's these sort of like contradictions that I think like real personalities are born from. And I wanted to definitely explore them in this season. Um, So that's sort of a little bit of where the origin of all that comes from. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to see um, because in, in seasons past, we've seen Tucker and Church's friendship kind of put under that same scrutiny of who they are when they are apart uh, and, you know, what happens when one of them leaves on not great terms with everybody else or at the very least without saying goodbye. 
and, and we did that a bit for Tucker and Wash as well in season eleven. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of cool to see that with as you pointed out, Mark. Two characters who have literally been a pair since the very beginning. Mm. And we we get constant reminders of that, of, you know, Simmons being in the middle of saying, like, hey, Griff, you'd be perfect for... Oh, wait, that's right. Mm. Mm. He's just so used to him being there. <laughs> he has to keep constantly reminding himself that he's not. And, well, and Caboose saying, you talk you talk about him a lot. Do you miss him? Do you... No, we're, we're not friends. Friends are people who have things in common and don't walk away and don't... No. Oh, honey. Uh, honey. I mean, that's one of the the consequences that I fear is the consequence is what the consequence of Griff not going along on this adventure is going to be and if that's going to lead to something bad happening to Simmons. Well, and what's interesting is he doesn't have a mirror on the blues and reds. I was going to bring that no up, too. There's no Griff there. Yeah, there's no, there's no Griff. Yeah. There's no sister. What's there's the deal no... with that? Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> are we, are, since we talked about seven, are we skipping eight? <laughs> <laughs> talk about things. Cool. Isn't it weird how they don't all don't have doubles? I found that so weird. There, we talked about it. <laughs> done. Check that's that it, that's done. Line. We've covered it. It's good. <laughs> like, But also, to the end of episode seven, Surge being on the planet with them and making sure that they're on the right track to go to their planet. And as you mentioned earlier, I found it weird as well that it's it's can be public knowledge all of the records of the Blood Gold Chronicles that uh, that we now have documented in some way, shape, or form. Whether that got out, whether they hacked into that system, it's too convenient that there was more than I, it seems possible, seems plausible, but I I don't like it. I don't, I don't like that there's more than one and they're that alike. Even though in season 14, we got the thing where there were so many of the same Sarge. It's it's like they're, they're, they're tricking us. And I say they, Joe, <laughs> tricking us and, and manipulating us with what we what we already know. And what we're like, oh, that makes sense because that thing happened. And I'm the, the curveball's coming and we're not going to be looking at it. It's, it's that old saying, I couldn't understand why the baseball was getting bigger. And then it hit me. <laughs> We know that there was more than one set of Sim soldiers from Project Freelancer. That just that's been canon, and then season fourteen gave us a slew of them. Having one that mirrors so well, almost completely, we don't know if the Blues and Reds ever had a Griff or what happened to them or anything like that. He's but dead one now. One that mirrors <laughs> so closely a location and a group of people that was specifically chosen to shore up the Alpha, mm-hmm. like. That group existed for a purpose and was handpicked for that purpose, and now we have a mirror version of them. How and why? Okay, now now that That's you're saying creepy. it, now that you're saying it, it does kind of make sense that they would have multiple people that were similar, so that if anybody heard a description of the group that was harboring the Alpha, there is a one in however many chance that they would find that group instead of church and the folks that we know i really think you're giving the director and the counselor too much credit <laughs> not you the director in the story we'll yeah. give you as much credit as you We're want joe dr director, director letter church. church yeah that Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm not trying not to listen to you guys at all <laughs> <laughs> just like our viewers yeah. not, uh, uh, i'm not registering emotion although i don't think i'm on this i have you guys in the tiny window in the corner of my screen and i don't think i'm on screen when you're talking about things that an emotion may betray something so we'll <laughs> We'll betray that Excellent. emotion if it is betrayed, because we have eyes too. Excellent poker face. Yeah. <laughs> Although, can I just say that I really don't trust any of these guys. They're they're funny, and the the parallels are hilarious. But 
I don't know. I can't. And this is why I'm like absolutely as much as I love mysteries. I'm absolutely beans at like figuring them out, with the exception of when somebody happens to be a lawyer. You're talking about yep. <laughs> one time. Nailed it. Yeah, um, that was your prediction. That was pretty dang good. It's the only time I've ever been right. <laughs> Nailed Parkinsonson. Um, no, you got you got something else right on another show, wasn't there something? I'm there? sure there was one. <laughs> sure there was one other time. Don't worry. <laughs> Statistically speaking, it was bound to happen at least one other time. But here, I'm looking at it, and I, I'm seeing um, an array of possibilities, and it gets into prediction territory. But I look at these guys, and my immediate thought process is that I can't trust them. Mm. And it's just a matter of figuring out their motivation. It's our... Are they resentful because because the Reds and the Blues became heroes and they they were just regular simulation troopers that got overlooked? Uh, is is it something deeper than that? Uh, did Project Freelancer really do something terrible to these guys? I have no idea. Well, and we have Temple. Like every line he delivers, you can kind of follow it up with <laughs> like when they're not on screen. Great, everything's going according to plan. Or join us for dinner. We're having fish. Oh my, oh my god, your cat is adorable. Look at the kitty cat. <laughs> oh no. Hijacked. I volunteer at a shelter on Sunday, so I'm immediately just like cat. Yeah, nope. That that's a oh. good way to derail. Everything. Oh, yeah, what were we talking yeah, about? Yeah, we were talking. Did that happen? I'm sorry. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. <laughs> at all. This is the cat podcast. Your evil scheme worked. We were getting somewhere. You showed Temple. us the cat. You Temple. monster. Although we do have uh, Arlen on Twitter making a crack about if church was Jewish. Does, if church was Jewish, does that make Temple Christian? <laughs> Which it's I thought was cut. beautiful. Hey, no, Thank I think you. that's canon now. I think that's. I think that works. <laughs> you heard it. It's canon. It's, it also seems like everything that the Blues and Reds were saying was just exactly what they wanted to hear. One of the things that, that jumped out at me was, Chorus is fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. fake news. All right, where is all, any of that data? Where, this, like, here's a newspaper. Here's a data pad. Here's a anything. Here's I, a hollow vid. And this is what I want to know, because this is the kind of thing that you really shouldn't ask about in Red versus Blue, because it goes into crazy quantum stuff. But the timeline on this, how long has it been since we've dropped Church's message in front of the Reds and Blues, and we're here on Andromeda 8, how long has it been? How long have these slip space jumps taken? How many stops has it been chasing the signal? Has it been days, weeks, months? How long? Can, can we? Is that can something that you can answer? answer that, or is that just wild theory territory? Um, you know, I don't think that. Um, I think that it's been a matter of weeks. Uh, mm. You know, I think that a lot of movies, you know, like even like Star Wars, like how long does it take them to get from Tatooine to the Death Star? You could say hours, you could say weeks, you could say maybe a month, right? Um, you don't really know. It's not really concrete. I think there, uh, it is inferred uh, that there are a lot of these relay beacon things, that they've tracked down a whole chain of them, and that finding them probably wasn't too easy. So in my mind, uh, let's just say it's been about uh, four weeks and seven days. <laughs> what day is it? Tuesday. I've been here for 13 months. Uh, yeah, okay. That makes a little more sense in terms of, hey, the peace talks have worked. Hey, it's this. I mean, a month for what we're pretty sure is going to be a temporary solution to a semi-permanent problem. 
but it seems like a very short amount of time for peace talks for something as big as we don't want to live in the UNSC anymore, and especially since that started the Civil War before the Covenant War it, happened. Like, it it's makes, a big deal. It makes me wonder if this group of uh, blues and reds, not reds blues and, and reds, blues and um, reds, <laughs> blues and reds, um, if they're like where they're getting their intel from, and you know the answer to that question is maybe this is a group of people that we can't trust them because they're being manipulated. I, Possible. I think they're being manipulated by the UNSC. I, I think that this faction of Blues and Reds are eliminating, have been eliminating all of the, the other troopers. And by who better to say, hey, all these other factions are getting eliminated than the people who are doing the, eliminate, the eliminating. And we, I, Megan and I talked a little bit about this last night and I made a comment about I'd need to go back and rewatch episode one to see if everything matches up. Everything matches up with that mm. heist. The weapons, the armor colors, the everything. It's its pretty much a direct match. So, uh, yeah, I'm still kind of sitting on my theory that these are some former freelancers who went rogue when the mother of invention went down and have been using the chaos to just do whatever if, the hell they want. And if that's the case, is that them seemingly looking like a group of simulation troopers, are they just playing dumb? You know, based on the actions of the Reds and Blues, are they just playing dumb so they can play the part of simulation troopers? It is hard to play caboose-level dumb. And I say that as someone who has taken a crack at writing that and who knows a small slew of people who have taken a crack at writing it. I've known maybe 20, 25 people try to do it. I've seen two people do it well. So that's not easy. That is some method acting there. I was going to say, Which, speaking well of, done, by the way. Holy cow. <laughs> speaking of, it must be hilarious seeing other actors emulate the caboose style of delivery. <laughs> if we, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's really fun. I cut you off a little bit. But yes, uh, it's awesome. Um, we had Joel in the booth to record his lines. Uh, for, I think, episodes 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And while he was in the booth, I had uh, Kirk Johnson, who plays uh, Loco, uh, <laughs> standing right next to him, just kind of soaking it all in. And sort of caboose uh, Joel would just kind of go off on these crazy tangents and do the lines and do it high-pitched and do it crabby. And, uh, <laughs> and Kirk was just soaking it in like this amazing sponge and then we flipped on the microphone for him, and, you know, he's off. It's it's amazing to watch. So, uh, and in terms of the other voice actors, you know, the guy who plays Bucky, um, the the other version of Tucker, is uh, actually grew up watching Red vs. Blue, and Tucker was his favorite character. Nice. Uh, That's awesome. So he is awesome to work with just because, you know, you can tell, like, he's loving every fucking syllable that he gets to say out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. So who is our voice cast for the blues and reds megan and i picked up on miles luna for corona yeah miles being corona and gene being gus again or at least it sounds yeah 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 Yeah, gene is gus uh miles is corona uh surge is uh kent williams uh who plays a character on ruby um uh, temple is uh, uh this gentleman andrew matthews who is a friend of mine uh, also a writer and director, actor here in Austin. Um, who have I forgotten? Bucky, uh, we didn't Loco's get his name. is Kirk Johnson. And... Bucky, we didn't get his name. Bucky is Dallas. Uh, <laughs> Dallas Reed. Dallas Reed. 
All right. Well, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> I know there's yeah, a lot of people you, avidly you, taking you, notes, you, including Mark. Yeah, that's me. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> no, they and they've done a spectacular job. Oh my god, yes. It's been it's just been great listening to them go. Mark. Thanks. <laughs> I like no, it I too. Um I I it it's hard not to go super conspiracy theorist with <laughs> the fact that Gene is also voiced by Gus, which makes me think that maybe Similar to Simmons, Gene has a soft spot no matter what. If there is a nefarious plot, if there is a nefarious plot put up by the Blues and Reds, that he might be one to defect to the OG Reds and Blues. And maybe we lose Simmons. (gasps) No. And it becomes Griff and Gene, and Griff thinks he knows this guy because he's supposed to be Simmons and uh, there's a new budding friendship. I, I told you, a conspiracy theory. Wow, you went dark. I was going to ask if you had uh, refitted the studio, uh, the engineering room, with just a giant board filled with string <laughs> connecting That's the white room, actually. Red string right. That's the white room. Awesome. Uh, we have Taylor Kulosis in chat asking if Bernie voices Lorenzo, and Malachroma says that Kent Williams voices Gira Belladonna in Ruby. Oh, Gira, jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Bernie is uh, Lorenzo. Uh, originally, I wanted to do that part. Um, I had him read the line just as like reference audio, uh, but he struggled so much with the Italian that it was hilarious to me, and I decided <laughs> to keep all his temp audio in there because he's gotten like decent at bad Spanish, but man, his bad Italian is so much worse. <laughs> And uh, all his lines really crack me up because you can hear the pain in his voice and he's speaking out loud. I think that's the best thing I've heard tonight. (laughs) Oh, that is fantastic. All right. I feel like we've covered a lot of the big points. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on for these episodes? Um, Just that I, like I said, I don't trust these guys. And one of the first things that we, or one of the last things that we see Temple do before, um, before, you know, uh, the the final episode ends is plant doubt in Tucker's mind about Dylan. You're going into another episode. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. This was at the end of this one. Um, is plant Dow uh, because of her connection with the bounty hunter, which, mm-hmm. again, was pure random happenstance. But as we see here, it could just be, again, assuming the these blues and reds are on the level and on the up and up, uh, then it could just be a coincidence that he brings that up or just maybe he doesn't want to... He doesn't trust somebody who's not another simulation trooper. If he is a bad guy or a former freelancer or somebody being manipulated by the UNSC. Who don't you want there? A reporter. This is true. I don't, yeah. I I feel like they're going to actively try to either ditch Dylan or straight up, I don't know, shoot her when her back is turned. I don't trust him. Also, isn't, didn't Church, when did Church get the, the light, light, light blue out, uh, uh, armor? Because I, I know he always had light blue, and maybe it's just the the colors have changed from Halo to Halo to Halo. But I remember I think that's being it. okay. All right, because I remember being a lot darker in the first five, and and like if they're supposed to be simulation troopers, why wouldn't it be? Why why aren't they all red and blue? Because everybody was red and blue in the simulation, and then they changed their colors. Isn't that true? Like any new recruit? Uh, n- not necessarily. I don't know. We had and, they, and because the they armor swap. Yeah, with Florida. 
and we had a donut change up his armor, but I think that's the but only... But that but even even that, even the fact that Tucker switch like the person that was supposed to be Tucker should have Tucker's original armor, but they doesn't. He has his most recent armor in order to be a more accurate facsimile. Donut should be donut should be red or cronut should be red. And Loco was still blue because I feel like you need to get out of the conspiracy room. Yo, yeah, no, give me yo, the people, yard. People are making all of the references back to the original s- seasons, and I'm like, this is like it's too. It fits too. It too conveniently. What Isn't that what we're supposed is, to do? Which... Damn it! <laughs> is that what this show is all about? One thing. I, one thing I will say about the colors, uh, which is not the most fun in the world, is that in Halo Five. Uh, the characters of people's armor mm-hmm. uh, changes not only map to map, but where you stand in a map. Oh, my God. Oh, with lighting so and such? A lot of times, Simmons looks like Sarge. Like, he's just freaking red. Just, like, red, wow. red. There's, like, no hint of maroon at all in there. And so pretty much every shot that Simmons is in has to be manually color corrected, manually color shifted. Holy so that he actually looks like the right character. Uh, and it, and that's something that's actually easiest to do with the red team, with blue team, with Tucker and church, those with temple, I would not choose those colors. Mm -hmm. If I had a, a Pantone selection in front of me, it's just sort of like the cards were dealt with uh, halo five and the weird kind of shaders they put on all their lighting everywhere. Mm -hmm. All right. I appreciate that. Little, uh, little making the sausage for you guys. (laughs) Case it up. Well, we hey, appreciate can I, have, it. can I share my conspiracy theory? Please. Yes. Go fight, win. I mean, uh, no one is talking about uh, uh, Jack's theory that uh, maybe this whole thing is just a movie that he's making. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw that out there. You're, you're... That's like Deadpool wrote Deadpool. <laughs> the, I, I actually think that would be hilarious if that's how this season ended was Jack's being the hero of the story and saving the reds and the blues and Dylan uh, and the reason he's the hero is because he's retelling the events well I mean that, oh my god that's kind of an illusion like mummy three starts with oh. the replacement actress reading a book that's supposed to be the first two movies which is why she's a different person which is I'm why sorry, I don't watch movies that don't I don't exist. either I don't either that's just the that's the only thing about that movie they went, oh, that's a pretty smart way to do that. It Still hate exist. it. It's anyway. like that fourth Indiana Jones right. but, okay. movie that they never made. All right, let me let me adjust it. Let me put another piece of foil on my hat. Sorry, because... I just saw red. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies, Mark. You heard her. There a were, lot. There were abominable snowmen in that movie. Anyway, um, but uh, th- in... In, in the, our first after show, I talked about how we had Davy J as the original cameraman, and it's like, oh, that's maybe it's a, maybe it's a thing. He's too good to, to sort of be left behind, and I, I still think there might be something there. But we got another Day 5 reference yes! in, in Episode 7, which, which was beautiful. is a lot of fun, but I'm like, <laughs> man, I, they're trying to keep Day 5 in, in our heads. May Hold on. Hold on. Two. Sorry. David J, what's that? Davy J? Davy J. What's Davy J? Sorry. That's okay. The the actor who played the cameraman, the um, uh, the original cameraman in the first episode. Okay. Oh wait. Are you talking about Frank? Yeah, yeah. about Frank. Yeah. Oh okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I actually uh, not seen everything that Rooster Teeth's ever made, so uh, I fine. wasn't I wasn't aware that there was even a Day Five reference before uh, <laughs> my attempted takedown of that show. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's beautiful. Uh, we actually, I, I had three different people ask me, do you voice Jax? And if you don't, do you voice a character? And if so, who is it? 
Oh yeah, Jax is me. I mean, it's not even a character. That's just me. That's just who I am. I've inserted myself into the show. Uh, yeah, no, I'm Jax. I, I sort of assumed uh, that I would be voicing a part because you know, like Bernie made himself the main character, and Miles made himself this awesome villain. So I was I was gonna be like the film school idiot who only wrecks things and never really contributes. I love uh, your Wilhelm scream. Feel like that's scream. an appropriate part for me to play. <laughs> I love your Wilhelm scream. Thank you. <laughs> it's not easy to do. <laughs> we'll just add it in post. <laughs> if Jax dies, though, he better die with a Wilhelm scream. I know, right? <laughs> I'm writing all this down. I haven't written the last couple episodes, so this is good. This is good stuff here. This is good stuff. <laughs> Donut is definitely going to say, don't use Icy Hot as lube. That's, that's definitely going in the show. <laughs> don't say this show didn't ever do anything for the Red vs. Blue Universe. I mean, we can give you our numbers after the show. I mean... We'll, we'll, we'll be in sometime. We'll be in Austin for RTX probably. So, I mean, what do you we'll, mean yeah, probably? We'll... We're going to be there. <laughs> Oh my god. We'll meet you at Torchies. If that actually makes it in the show, I will lose my goddamn mind. Uh, <laughs> you heard it. It's an AfterBuzz After TV, TV exclusive. AfterBuzz TV exclusive. Because we don't have the sound. We don't have the soundboard. We don't have the soundboard. I'm right the now. soundboard. You are the soundboard. Yeah. You're the best soundboard. Oh my god. You do god. so good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, the other thing that I kind of want to poke at is they're in an underground base, and we have something that is supposedly their cloaking device, but it's this huge machine and we're not supposed to touch it. So that machine's going down before the end of the season. <laughs> like, just going to stick the sticky note on that there. It's doomed. The, this is also, the same what group, is it? This is the same group of people that totally took down an entire ship because they all individually did something terrible. <laughs> that, that If it's a, or a cloaking device or a, a power generator, they, yeah, no, they are going to destroy it. <laughs> we have Caboose in stereo on board. It, it's going down. <laughs> I don't think it's a cloaking device, though. Or if it is a cloaking device, they're they're not being forthright with what it is they're doing. Or if we think the blues and reds are on the level, it's a cloaking device. If we don't, it's obviously quick, not. Quick question: If though. we think Temple is the only one of the blues and reds who's not on the level, quick question though: the group of people who came and attacked them in this episode. Do we know for sure that that is, in fact, the UNSC, or could those have been, like, a group of mercenaries? That's, I, I want to bring that up. I, I think that might be the rest of their group. I don't, I don't, Ooh. I think that was all inside job just to be like, it's really unsafe. We gotta get below the, the surface. Oh no, we're being attacked. Like, shotguns, shotguns. Like, we need to leave now. And also, the, the, well, I guess I was going to say there were no bodies, but Toker totally threw a body out of that plane. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they did. Before Hoganing. But uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> super dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I still think that was an inside job too. But uh, in terms of the machine, I, that might be their Vic. I think Dylan has Vic. Yeah, that, living that in was, her AI storage. That was space. a lot. One of the theories that we got tweeted at us that was put in our comments like last that. episode. Ooh, look at yeah. the kitty. <laughs> Damn it! Well, and that's also, we're on the right trail again. I have an AI. He's a dumb AI. It's a him, and she doesn't want to talk about where she got it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's ten bucks. Says it's Vic. Oh, I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> that's a sucker bet. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. I say like this series hasn't been like here's point A, here's point B. But we're going to point J, despite Guys, Occam's I was right about one thing. I'm on a hot streak. <laughs> <laughs> Don't screw up the streak, Aaron. 
All right, we are running a little short on time, so I feel like this is probably a good time to swing into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. But we don't get a light show this time. That's oh, what well. Jazzy hands are for. Mm-hmm. So, let's let's talk about your uh, red thread and pushboard conspiracy theories. Let's talk about what we <laughs> Let think Let me get it. It's under the table. The... <laughs> it's small enough to fit under the table? And big enough. It's no, a... it unrolls. It's in a pocket universe. <laughs> I mean, I essentially said all of the dumb ideas that I have, but but it's it like the the fact that like the production notwithstanding, the armor colors don't don't all necessarily match, um, and the the it it it's too clean. It's too clean. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like this is all an act. And why does I really it... do think that it's rogue freelancers doing this because they have access to that information. They were on Sidewinder, so who says that they couldn't pull the call log that Dylan also got? They got the like... FTP server with all of the footage on it? <laughs> yes. Why not? Um, but I also, don't see why not. Why, why does every other what is every every other character have a different weapon, but Temple has a sniper rifle? Like why? Why does why is that the same? But the other stuff isn't the Which same. Which he's not great with it either. <laughs> I am also down with the theory that the rest of the blues and reds are sim troopers and are on the level, and Temple is something else entirely. Dance puppet stack. Well, so why, exactly. why don't they have? Why don't they have a griff? Well, no, no not well, why don't they have a griff? Yes, but also why didn't they just make a team full of all of these donut esque people that can't die? <laughs> that seems like the smartest idea. <laughs> You got a bunch of like-minded guys for for one goal, probably, and they can't die. We've had like be- four resurrections in this series, and Donuts is the only one where I'm still just like, no, I need an explanation. But even in this episode, they get blown sky high. Wilhelm scream, what up? And then and then they're back and they're fine. Probably my my guess is that the reason they don't assemble a team of donut like individuals is because even though you can't kill them, nothing's ever going to get done That's unless true. you're looking to you know decorate uh, your living room or. Burn down a water park. They would have clashing visions, though. Could you imagine? It's like one of those. They'd have their own HGTV show, and it would just. I don't even know, man. HGTV After Dark. I would watch that show. (laughs) I would too. HGTV After Dark. (laughs) Starring Donut? Absolutely. Uh, Starring Donut, Cronut, and I don't know, Blownut. It's like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Lord in heaven. <coughs> uh, Welcome to Dunkin' Donuts. We, we just ha- we just introduced the Blownut. <laughs> if you uh, it comes in grape. It has Jesus pop rocks Christ. in it. Grape Blownut. Uh, I'll take a baby. Look at all the things I will never regret saying, but will live on the internet forever. Uh, that's my entire hosting career. Uh, <laughs> Shout so, out. Yeah. Other theories. How are you doing, Joe? <laughs> no, we. Mm, Hold it. Hang it in there. (laughs) (laughs) So are our viewers. Is there anything that you would like to say, anything you would like to say to us or the fans or anything like that, that we haven't covered that you'd like to address? Just throwing it out there. Oh, 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 you know, probably, I mean, it it probably goes without saying, but, like, this has pretty much been the most fucking awesome thing that I've gotten to do, like, ever. Uh, some days I'm like, uh, amazingly, overwhelmingly stressed out and I'm just like a big ball of anxiety and nerves. Uh, but anytime I'm not like, I'm pretty much like, Hey, this is fucking amazing. Look what I get to do. I get to record these fucking guys. So it is, uh, just awesome to work on. And I'm really glad that people don't seem to hate me. 
completely. Wait yet. till the season's over. <laughs> um, Trenton Dixon in the chat wants to know how many episodes we're getting this season, if you can answer that. Ooh, I, I thought I responded to that on chat, but I'll do it live and say we just finished recording episode 15 at uh, 10 this morning. So um, so that takes us through for about three quarters of the season. So we just released episode nine on Rooster Teeth and eight on YouTube. So we are about seven ahead, I guess, right? Fucking math. Yeah. That's okay. math. <laughs> and do you see this being contained to one arc? Do you think it'll go on to multiple arcs? Are you allowed Ooh, to say? I wrote, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to say that I wrote this as a completely self-contained season so cool. beginning middle and end all in all in all in one season so this is not part one of some trilogy this is literally its own complete story and uh, uh we'll see what happens in the future i have a lot of ideas for what could happen next uh that would be related to events in this so it would not be something that lives on its own and is just an island but this is definitely uh i'm kind of treating it like a movie you know this is you're getting your you're getting your five-act movie structure in this in the course of this entire season. If you had the okay. opportunity, would you want to do another Brickle Chronicles, like regardless of the workload of stop motion? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I mean, if I didn't have to animate it, heck yeah, I do the whole thing. <laughs> <stop motion. laughs> and if I have to, if I have to put a fucking Lego one more time. I, uh, no. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's it's pure torture. It's Chinese water torture. It's absolutely uh, grueling and horrible, and I'm still got like a kink in my back from the Brickle Chronicles last year. <laughs> you just need to get a small group of kids to do all the poses. Yeah, child labor. Kids, kids are known for being uh, very patient and sitting in a room for 14 hours uh, doing very exact, precise work. So yeah, 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 moving. sure, absolutely. Enough riddling, they are. <laughs> and then, actually, we've gone through most of the questions I have on my list because you're amazing. The last one I have is, who is the most difficult character to write? Who's the easiest? And who's your favorite to write? Um, I I would say my favorite to write, I really love writing for Sarge. Uh, I really love writing for Sarge because his lines are long. And a good Sarge line will contradict itself about halfway through. <laughs> So he'll start saying one thing, and by the time he finishes talking, he's contradicted the first thing he said. And I love writing those, kind of like weird verbal tongue twisters. Uh, I really like writing lines for Wash, because he gets to be a smartass, and he's actually smart. And I really love writing for Griff, because I feel like that's just like uh, my the inner monologue most of the time. Uh, sometimes it's hard for me to write. Caboose is not the character I have the easiest time with. Uh, especially because, you know, like I said, I'm trying to write this movie like a season and a lot of scenes are very focused. This is what's happening in this scene. This is what, this is what is driving the plot forward. And Caboose is really good about tangents and (laughs) taking hard left turns when what we really need to do, just go straight. And so he doesn't always fit into the kinds of scenes that I'm trying to write. And, uh. I think I have a really, uh, I shouldn't talk it up too much and hype it, but I had a bit of a breakthrough with Caboose, and I think I got a pretty good one coming up sooner or later. I'll just, I'll just say that. I think it's decent. I think it's pretty good. I think it's awesome. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty okay. Um, who else? No, that's pretty much it. And then Donut. Donut's not, Donut's not the easiest for me to write for. It's just not my, I'm not like, uh, Bernie writes really good Donut. Uh, Miles writes pretty good donut. It takes me a little bit of time. Like I have a lot of index cards full of innuendos, which is again why I appreciate that. 
that icy hot comment because <laughs> you know I'm just right. It's like just a lot of placeholders right now in the script. So it's an innuendo. <laughs> That is why you keep me on this panel. (laughs) You lead it. We can't leave. (laughs) I've locked the door. You're not escaping. Oh, no. Yeah, that pun was, I think, the best thing I had for the night. So, (laughs) You guys have anything else to say? Any other questions? I mean, we... Not without going into I can't answer that territory. So uh, we've we've learned our lesson. The the only other thing <laughs> I want to say is thank you for writing Dylan because yes. I I'm always about more interesting female characters in Red sure. vs. Blue. And uh, I find her fascinating and flawed in a way that we haven't seen in other female characters in this show. So thank you for writing her because I thought she was a great addition. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, that's really wonderful to hear. Uh, I really appreciate that. And congratulations on making us mistrust and doubt everyone. <laughs> Not just on the show, everyday life. I can, anybody who anybody who wears like a light teal or a light blue or anything, and especially if they're carrying a sniper rifle and they're walking down the street, I don't trust them. That's you just realize me you're wearing a light teal. Ah! <laughs> And the people who are listening on iTunes are like, what? That's why I made sure to, to go against the, yeah, whatever. Sorry <laughs> for your ears. Of which, I'm going to take a whole 30 seconds to talk to you guys about iTunes. Thank you to everyone who has rated and commented and subscribed. You are the reason that we get to stay on the air as an after show. Because when you do all those wonderful, lovely things, our producers take a look at those comments. They take a look at those uh, ratings and they say, hey, people really like the show. We should bring it back. So we get to come back. And then also when you leave those really good ratings, people who are looking for Red vs. Blue stuff or for AfterBuzz stuff on iTunes have an easier time finding us because higher ratings bump us up in the uh, search. Is one of you guys able to pull up iTunes because my iPad hates life? Nope. Nope? Okay. Um, Double dose next week. Yeah. Next month. (laughs) (laughs) In four weeks' time. Or if if we can get a guest within the next month. And then we do like a separate... Satellite episode. That too. We yeah, we are really running out of time, and we're so we're, we back we back up to Steven Universe, which has nine episodes to cover this week. So we oh do boy. need to wander on out fairly soon. But we do give shoutouts to people who leave reviews. If you leave a review that's not in the American iTunes Store or is in the Google Play uh, podcast area. Uh, take a screen cap of it, throw it in the hashtag ABTVRVB. We do like looking at those. You do get a shout out for those. We do read those. We love you all. Also, if you want to discuss things with us during the four weeks when we're not on the air, because this is an every four week after show, we do check the hashtag, you guys. Throw it in the hashtag. We do discussions. We love you guys. And our group Twitter account as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. All right, Joe, have you got anything else to say? No. <laughs> no, not at all. We're done. Uh, Thank what? you so, so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Is there any any other projects that you can talk about that you want to put over or talk about and where people can find you on social media? <laughs> no. That's <laughs> my whole life. Uh, I dream about it. Uh, I think about it. Morning, noon, and night. My wife's sick of hearing about it. It's literally my whole world. So, yeah. Uh, I got nothing. Well, this has been a vision. Uh, we're not real. None of this actually happened. <laughs> you should probably get some sleep. <laughs> the doctors have been trying to reach you. You've been in a coma for a year. <laughs> this is the only way we could there's, think of to There's my ending. Thank you. Wake up, you. wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> and then you wake up in your chair and you're in the middle of machinimating the next season of Red vs. No! Blue. <laughs> 
Endless loop. Or worse, the, the Brick Gulch sequel. <laughs> <laughs> no! But yeah, th- thank you so much. And thank you for actively taking part in our live chat. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is great. Yeah, feel uh, free. I love, talking about, I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> feel free to join us next time or whenever you'd like to. We would absolutely love to have you. Do you always do uh, four, four episodes? We do. We do this season. Cool. I will so you have can do my next people. one after twelve, huh? Just thinking about that. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I'll have my people call your people, and we'll figure something out. <laughs> Sounds great. Damn I don't have people. Ho- I do the calling. Damn it, we're in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Have All a great right. night. Thank you. Disconnect. Or you're right, we gotta, to stay through the silence. We gotta go. We gotta All speed. All right, Megan, where can the people find you? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Megan. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out, and be out, be sure to also check out the latest episode of the Shadow Radio Recreation that just came out yesterday. Please. And on the internet, Mark Bidonica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Bidonica. I'm on all of the wrestling pro, or I'm a part of all of the wrestling program here on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, we also have stuff on Popcorn Talk. I've got video game movie anatomy. Next week we're talking Tekken, and we're probably going to be doing something for E3. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, Jedi Alliance. Every week we're talking Star Wars. And uh, yeah, AfterBuzz TV is a great network. You should subscribe if you haven't already. Follow us on iTunes and everything. Follow our group Twitter at ABTV Rooster Team. Uh, it's getting closer and closer to RTX. We're almost a month away. <laughs> We're going to RTX, uh, you guys. We are yeah. going to be there. It'll we're, be great. We've got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. Yes, so, uh, yes, uh, And also, we're determining our schedule for the Camp Camp After Show, which Yay! is returning. Uh, so make sure to follow us at ABTV Rooster Team or me at Mark Bidonica. Thank you, Katie. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias and on YouTube at Kiaje, that is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want to watch Megan and I react to a good number of Rooster Teeth productions, they live on that YouTube channel, so feel free to watch them there. Uh, other shows, Robots in Disguise is on Tuesdays, Attack on Titan is on Mondays, and if you're a Steven Universe fan, we're doing that next. We are literally staying in the same studio to talk about Steven Universe. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> life is going to be great. Donica's leaving us because that is life. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in four weeks for the next four episodes. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Wash, grew a beard. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.